Stallion. Amani. We have hit record. Oh, we have. Okay. So I hey. guess I'm doing the intro. No, or are you doing it? Oh, you do it. Armani, this is your show. No, then. you do the It's not my <laughs> show. Never perfect, y'all. Never perfect. Look, I couldn't. I hit you record and went to say hey, and he immediately. Yeah, he's, wait a minute. <laughs> <have> not, <laughs> You're much more official than either of us are. <laughs> it's almost wit. It's almost like we're doing it on purpose. Like every time we have to start the show with a screw up. If I go God. through every recording right now, every single one of them every starts with show. us laughing and me going, we never start this thing properly. So one day, one day it'll go properly and everyone will be like, that this was, was our show. This is going to be the worst show ever. Worst anyway. show. <laughs> well, we're here now. And hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to Protein Poutine. I am the MC Armani Rain. Once again, I am joined with the T.R.A.C. The historian himself, MC Bubba. We are back to that. Mr. Valiant himself. Oh, wow. I was going to say that lasted. <laughs> Not even an episode. Not even a, not even an episode. <laughs> Technically, it's not even an episode because the episode that I corrected that on is until next week. So we're actually jumping. Oh, back right. Time. That's we're right. Time jumping, ladies and gentlemen. But let's just let's stop talking about our Highlander-esque theories and let's talk about the guest of honor right now, right here. We are joined by the Woo! ever so wonderful DJ extraordinaire, powerhouse of a producer, one of the leading forces behind EQ40, uh, EQ50, excuse me, and just EQ40. a lovely human being. There are so many things we get to talk about outside, inside music. The wonderful, ever so lovely, Sweet Pea. How are Sweet you? Sweet Pea. Oh, yes, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for asking me to to come and join you i'm quite i'm excited and intrigued all in one we're gonna ruin that at some point (laughs) (laughs) multiple times over you're gonna be like damn why did i come here why "Why on earth did i do that okay (laughs) (laughs) we actually don't even know what chickaboo said about us we're just going by what what sweet pea said well, there you go. She's only at the end of her WhatsApp, so you know, be nice <laughs> to me, or she'll be coming after. <laughs> Definitely a smoke. None of us want that. Is she want no smoke with the chicken. <laughs> she will call us out. <laughs> so, how are you? How are things? How is uh, how is the quarantine treating you? It's a one one of two questions we one of the two better questions we like to ask that we would rather not ask. But how have you been? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's um, I've still been working throughout everything, um, nice. which I guess, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, is actually a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, been working at a hospital, which is probably not the best place to work at, but you know, grass is always greener. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, we got to clarify. Because of to our American viewers, people in Canada and England say in hospital or at hospital instead of in the hospital or at the hospital. So oh, my grand- I, don't <laughs> my want people, I don't want people to think that you're talking about hospital records right now. That's a better I'll, clarification. I'll, I'll, at first I was like, I'm pretty sure we knew what we meant, but okay. Yeah, I, I kind of got the real hospital. Starting real. off, no, man. Me the actual already. hospital, not the label I'm, hospital. I'm backtracking. I'm backtracking. Okay. I'm backtracking. Okay, so I work in, in an actual hospital. Um, yeah, so it, I've worked on the COVID wards last year. Um, wow. haven't, uh, luckily, we haven't had to do it this time. We haven't been called our team. Um, but yeah, I've been okay. It's It's been obviously been weird for everybody. Um, musically, 
thank God for EQ50 and yeah. just writing music. It's definitely, I feel like my mental health could have been a hell of a lot worse. And actually it's, yeah, it could have been a lot worse and I've been okay. Yeah. Um, EQ50 has obviously kept me really busy. We launched our mentorship, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little while. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, myself as an artist, like I've actually had a really productive year for forthcoming ep coming with spearhead which i'm really excited Ooh, about yes yeah it's it's like it's my first solo ep i've done a lot of collabs um you know it just obviously anyone that gets into production knows what an absolute minefield it is um obviously i work i work as well so it's you know it's just taken a little bit of time um but again like you know i guess like a lot of women in the scene it's just been a huge confidence thing with me like lot of tracks I've got are two three years old just sitting in my hard drive but I just haven't had the confidence to sort of get it out there and yeah just the work with Steve BC's such a cool dude yeah Yeah. he's amazing like all the crew there are just so nurturing and lovely he's just a really nice guy you know like it's yeah it's lovely um and yeah just his support has just helped me growing confidence and yeah I feel like in a good place with with music and stuff so yeah it's been it's been all right it's all right in the grand scheme of things I'm still here you're still I'm here still right <laughs> you're, here, you're pushing and that's 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 as best as you can be honestly uh, let's ask you a question that we ask everybody here it's not as serious it's actually a little silly but it's very important to the three of us it's probably one of the most important questions we're going to ask you today um, I sticks High stakes. I think before you say now, <laughs> what is your bucket list food? <laughs> <laughs> My bucket list food. Bucket list. If you were going to, God forbid, something happened to you tomorrow and you couldn't ever eat again, what would be your last meal? Oh, my last meal. Oh, it's got to be mum's roast, isn't it? Oh, quick roast. with it too. All right. Yeah, mum, definitely. I reckon mum's roast or my partner make the mean like chicken curry, stewed chicken and rice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of them two. Yeah, one of them two. All right. Probably mum's roast. You have to say mom's roast, right? <laughs> with the proper nod to the partner. All these people come on and they have these moms that were great cooks. My mom was like a terrible You got to stop saying that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so jealous. Like I never... I know, but from the three of us who like never mom's cooking, can you not talk about your mom? Don't talk down about mom's cooking. Even if it's bad, just say it's good for the rest of the world. It's just a respect thing, you know? Oh man! Right. Oh, what was your? What was your, every time? Like we've had this conversation before. Valiant, I'm so I'm your... so like viscerally jealous of that whole thing. Like, oh, uh, such a bummer. Anyway, come down. Uh, I'm sorry, Armani. What were you? What were you? Uh, I was going to ask you what your food of the week was since we. Can't oh, dude, I have been food. doing nothing but drinking like shakes and doing salads all week because I'm trying to lose weight. So don't ask me the question. I'm grumpy. Shakes about it. and salads. Yeah, shakes, I'm, shakes, I'm salads. like. Thanks. Heavily, heavily grumpy about it right now. So you went from answering with nuts and berries to now I'm having shakes and salads. It's, right. it's getting thicker about a, about a week. Try you you, you're trying though, babe. It's good. You know, step you know, in the right direction. Totally. <laughs> we were just talking about how we all needed to run. So at least you're showing initiative. I'm proud of you. Oh, I'm like, you know, you're at that point after like a week and you're just like, man, should I even bother with this? <laughs> the answer is yes. That's the. Point. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's all up here, Valiant. 
It's all up here. God. <laughs> or else you sit back like me and collect whatever this is. Anyway, oh, Trent. No, you want to see mine. Yeah. No, not, you don't, technically. Anyway, what was your week, <laughs> man? Uh, we, you know, uh, like, I've been on my exercise game as well, to be honest, you know, and all that other good stuff. But I still have been eating. We found this new Italian spot that made sweet potato gnocchi. I don't know if you understand how crazy oh, that do. is. Been there. Really? It's like a, a butter sauce with a with a sweet potato vibe and something. I've I sw- it's probably one of the best things I ate in a long bit. Like we were like, oh, we got to go back here again. I we do gotta, love gnocchi, so man. Yeah, so, that but sweet potato. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it was like, yo, what? You know, and I was like, man, let me just get a chick parm or something. And then he's like, this not that there's anything wrong with a chick parm. Chick parm, chick parm tells you how yeah. good the restaurant is. Facts. Quite secret for foodies right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. But uh, you know, yeah, I, I have to say that 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 was a very, uh, you know, I went looking up to see if anybody else done it, and honestly, I'm coming up short. So it's a, it's an original thing we had up here. And uh, that's my highlight for the week, sir. Is that restaurant's chick parm though? Is it is the chicken like super super thin and flat, or is it like a whole intact chicken? It had it had, a, it had a proper breading over the top, and what what it seems like is that they're they're really good on their sauce, and the sauce really brings it all together. Right, but what I'm saying is like, was the chicken itself was it like like did they like hammer it thin or like slice it so it's like super thin, or is it like a whole intact? It's, it's chicken one bread? whole cutlet. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I like when they make it all thin. It's... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong with some good chicken. <laughs> yeah. I think thin chicken's weird, though. But whatever. I'm not judging. I love you. Hey, Imani, what did you have this week, sir? What was your highlight? Honestly, um, I'm very excited to say this. I have, I have, I have joined the platoon of people who know exactly what I'm about to say and how oh, dope my. that is. I'm not going to talk about the food I had. I'm going to let the whole world know that as of yesterday, I am a proud owner of an air fryer. Oh, snap. <laughs> Go down. Game changer. <laughs> so we've got the Instapot. We've got the air fryer. So uh, catch me in another week, and I'll explain to you all the things that we air fried for the last week. When I was out in Florida, my girlfriend's pops actually bought it, but they wouldn't let him use it. And I was the only one like, yo, we just need to like, take a moment in time. Maybe when they go to the beach, just grab up some stuff and throw it in there and see what happens. Yeah. And uh we've been toying with it, man. Uh we made yeah. brownies the first night and then made brownies in like half the time. I was very excited about that. It's it's oh, actually man. an air fryer mixed with a convection oven and all kinds of stuff. Oh, we got one of those for our yeah. wedding and we still have not unboxed it yet. See what I'm you saying? Slip it. See what I'm I saying? Know, I'm I know. making good roast potatoes for my mum's roast, mate. So you're you're halfway there, sorted. Oh, I can imagine a roast in that thing, man. My God, what is going on? Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, hit you up for that recipe, if you don't mind, Sweetie. Mm-hmm. Always. All good. Yeah, you know how, how badly I'm craving potatoes right now? Oh, oh. starch. Oh, Some my God. So that's starch. <laughs> Sorry. Stick to the shakes and grass. I know, shakes. I know. <laughs> so anyway, let's get on with it. Let's, <laughs> let's move on from the from the very important food for conversation that we absolutely needed to have. Sweet pea. 
Yo. I would ask you things like, where did that name come from? But I'm sure you've been asked that a million times. What was your aha moment? What brought you into the music? Was it uh, your background? Was it listening to mom's old records? Was it the environment you were in? What what brought you to be such a driven DJ first? Uh Yeah, so the production came a little bit later, Um, you know, once I was mixing, I just always, I don't know, a few people tried to, like friends of mine, me and Filth go back like years, Um, and he always used to be like, oh, you should get into producing, blah, 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 and just at the time I wasn't, you know, I could appreciate it, but I just wasn't interested in it. I wanted, I just wanted to mix. You make the tunes, I'll mix them. I just, you know, I'd be that annoying person at the party that would be like, one more tune, 10 tunes later, you know, I just just wanted to, I just wanted to mix. I wanted to, I just wanted to DJ. That was it. Um, And with time, you know, definitely was a sort of progressional step. Um, And just as I got a bit older, um, just, yeah, just kind of actually sat down, learned about it, big up protocol. He was the one that actually taught me the fundamental sort of basics of, of producing. And um, yeah, and then it's just kind of gone, got, gone, gone there. But yeah, like growing up, um, very musical house, lots of like Motown. Like we nice. we had a, a variety of music. Like I used to, uh, I grew, I grew up skateboarding as well, so I used to listen to like rock and indie oh, and things yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, like you know, lo- lots of different music um, growing up. Very musical house. Um, yeah, Sunday, the Sunday cleanup of the house, getting ready for right. the weekend. <laughs> tunes would be blaring and that'd be that'd be our day kind of thing so yeah my mum's always been really musical and really supportive of me sort of with you know the DJing and and what I've been doing really yeah yeah definitely like she's always kind of you know I've always been a little bit like oh you know should I do this and she's always been really like just put do and you know do any opportunity take any opportunity that comes your way you know and she's yeah, definitely been a, a huge sort of backbone with me, you know, getting out there and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. mad, mad props for her. Um, but yeah, I guess getting into drum and bass, like obviously was a little bit more of a commercial route. Where I grew up, it was happy hardcore, which is very fast paced, yes. you know, music to those that know it. And um, and like it was all right. I was, you know, kind of, you know, listened to it and stuff, but I didn't really properly connect with it. Um and then obviously just sort of what was being played on the TV, you know, Shy FX obviously had quite a lot of chart success. Um, you know, the Pendulum album was quite inspirational for me as well. Yeah, and um, and then obviously when I got to 18, went to the club um, and we, you know, you know as you do when you go to the sort of, you know, the, you know, uptown places, which are more bars and stuff, but they'll they'll play the chart music and you right. kind of pop into your, your pop and your R&B. And then right at the end, they'll <laughs> always play, a, you know, a, a standard drum and bass track, which nine times out of 10 is going to be original nutter, chopper tune, <laughs> and tarantula by pendulum, right? <laughs> right, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, I'd, you know, at the end of, at the end of, you know those nights I'd always really enjoyed the last like 20 minutes when they played some drum and bass um and my friend from school uh Spectrum who who helped run inreach.co.uk um he little shout out plug um yeah he we'd always just link and it's quite funny because we didn't connect at school but we connected after and um and I just remember he was like 
oh, but you know, a bunch of us are going up to London, like to to go and listen to some drum and bass. Do you want to come, basically? And um, yeah, I was sort of chatting to mum. I was like, oh, I might, you know, can I go into London? She was like, yeah, go, go. You're going with a bunch of guys. I look after you. Like, go and experience the Shout world. Out like, mom, that's yeah, Shout right? out to mum, man. Shout out to mum, for real. That's, <laughs> that's not, what I mean. It's like, not usual, you know, that's good. Yeah, no, I mean, like, she's all, obviously, she's number one is be safe. Like, just, you right. know, let me know you're okay and stuff like that. But my mum is very much, like, there's a huge wide world out there. Go and see it, you know? Um, mm. like, I guess maybe a lot of people where I grew up probably haven't ventured out of that town. The area. You know. I yeah, you. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, she always said it was really important to to go and sort of, and just to go and experience life, you know, like there's a lot of cool stuff out there, like go and see it. Um, so yeah, first, first rave was Hospitality at Heaven uh, 2007 in September. Mm, nice. And yeah and then that was it I remember walking in and just sort of like obviously the first thing you feel is the bass isn't it that's the that's the first thing right. <laughs> walking, walking in and you know we've got a drink and you're just sort of there all shy and 18 and stuff and then I remember just being like I know I like it but do I like it this much and then obviously because I've got a full night of it ahead of me um <laughs> and yeah it just took half an hour and yeah that was it half hour and I was fully settled in just absolutely loving it yeah it was yeah great experience that first rave is always something that you never forget isn't it that first, first time all everybody's first, first just like, what is okay what did i just step yeah in? and why and it, is this my life now <laughs> and and it's, just like... it's always that feeling too and you walk out going yo what was that and i've never experienced anything like that before yeah it's quite funny as well because the first so my first rave um I met I was dancing with a girl at the front and we actually had our picture taken um which ended up being on the the website and then yeah lo and behold we just kept seeing each other out and then she ended up being a best friend of mine for a good number of years lived with her and you know it's just that kind of family vibe that you find Mm -hmm. on the floor I think is really nice definitely like yeah, it was, how yeah. how long did you spend as a raver before you started putting like full time kind of energy into DJing? Um, probably so eighteen. So I moved into London when I was probably 21, 20, 21. So yeah, probably a good two three years of um, yeah. yeah of like raving, and then I started on pirate radio station Rude FM when I was 21 Mm. yeah and then that's and again it was just I was just playing on radio like mixing tunes had beer like chatting fraff on the mic you know like it's yeah it was just it it was nice and I guess sort of back then it was a little bit obviously there was social media but it wasn't as kind of like detrimental as it is now Right. So there were a lot of word of mouth. MySpace. People don't understand how much we went through just to get the word out back in the day. Word. Oh my god! So, yeah. so was it? Sorry, sorry. Go on. No, I was going to say. So was it out of curiosity? Was it something that you wanted to do? Was it, or was it just like an occurrence sort of ordeal? As far yeah, as DJing, I think so. yeah, it was always you know. It, especially in the beginning just a hobby you know I just I mm-hmm. enjoyed playing radio got to have a mix and just roll out up, up there and stuff and 
yeah, it was just it was just a hobby. I always sort of describe it as a hobby that I'm all right at, you know. It was yeah. got mm-hmm. a shout out chef, DJ Chef. He was um shout out to Chef. Woo! Yeah, absolutely like gotta give him his props, man. Like yes. he he definitely got, you know, word of mouth was still quite big when I was just first starting and he actually mm. got me like a few gigs, got me in touch with like Clayton at hardware and stuff, got to play Shit. there. Family. And um, yeah, like it, yeah, it was not and I think I don't know when the point was when I was like, you know, maybe maybe like maybe 2017, 2016 was probably one of personally personally one of my favourite years. Um, mm. I got to play uh, ingredients, hardware, symmetry, all in one year. There was year, a time I know? remember seeing your name everywhere, and that yeah. might be that might be that year right there. 2006 yeah that was and yeah one of my like one of my favorite sets of all time was at inner soul and that was that was that year as well and I feel like probably after that and when I was getting more gigs because there was a point where I was just playing out pretty much every weekend um that I was like oh okay like I'm all I am all right at this this." yeah You know, it's, I guess it is a bit more than just a hobby. Um, and then obviously, yeah, came next was production. Yeah. I so when, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Armand, you want to go ahead? Oh, no, I mean, we're, we're just all having a conversation. But I'm, I'm very interested in this, the, the changeover to production because um, taught the basics or not, not everybody can do that. You know, oh, not no. everybody can. And you make great <laughs> tunes. It's not like you can't. I can list the number of people right? I got laughed out of who have changed over and failed miserably but yeah. you know your production's extremely tight extremely clean and uh what was what was your motivation behind that how how did that how natural did that come to you not I know it sounds weird you're just like I mean I'm, I'm great you know but like and I'm a DJ it's not, an easy, it's not an easy thing to do yeah I, I think obviously the years of DJing probably helped when it comes to things like you know you know you know the basics of a tune you know your like arrangement style um but yeah I think I for a lot of years I didn't worry too much about the technicals and I think that's definitely something that I try and do when I'm producing um obviously now I understand things about you know having things in key um and the importance of certain things and that but I definitely just just go with the flow of the vibe of it if I like it it stays if I don't it comes out and that's definitely you know definitely probably more like a vibes producer rather than sort of technicals like I you know I still there's still a lot tech like technicality wise that I don't know I haven't right. studied this at university or anything and it's you know it's sort of it's constantly, you know, going on and stuff. But mm. yeah, I definitely, I think, it, you know, more vibes in the studio than sort of worrying about numbers and- Yeah, I mean, and- I, I was the same way, like even when I, cause I don't produce drum and bass, but I produce a lot of hip hop. And even when I was producing hip hop, I would just go with whatever and then send it to Rob to master and figure out the technicalities. And I would say the same thing. It was like, it's, 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 it's a vibe thing completely, but like how much easier it would be to create that baseline from scratch if I knew how to flip frequencies and things like that. But I never really got into that. And you know, it was, it's a strange transition. It's almost even like when we start doing film now, like, you know, I feel like all of these things are, really just dependent they're all the same application with pretty much yeah you know what i mean so if you yeah. can tap into that side of your brain you should be all right and, and it's the beauty of creativity as well like you know when you're 
I try not to, and that's probably why it's taken me a little bit longer as well. I don't, I've never like forced, obviously you've got to give yourself a bit of a kick up the ass sometimes to open the computer. But I feel like if you force yourself to do it, you're either going to waste time or just what you're going to produce isn't that great. But when my creative juices or energy is going, like I can get the basics of a track within at least probably about an hour or two, like just the, you know, the idea kind of thing, like a good idea. And I think it's important to really sort of tap into that creativity when it's right. there and go in on it rather than forcing yourself to do it. And maybe another reason why I've never done this full time and why it's still you know, a hobby that I love. I feel like maybe if it was my breadwinner, I'd maybe resent it a little bit more because I have to make mm. money for it rather than yeah. me doing it Absolutely. because Absolutely. I love it. And I can still, you know, really enjoy, you know, 10 years later, I'm 32 now, like still enjoy going out, playing to people and it's still being such a, you know, such a great experience because I still really love it because it's, it's still my hobby. It's my passion. It's my love. You know. Right. Yeah. I went to I went to university for illustration, and I it sapped it sapped any creative energy I had for years. Um, like I remember after I I stopped going to school, I didn't pick up a pencil again for like four or five years, um, mm-hmm. like straight. Like and I and I had been someone that drew every single day, and to this day, it's still hard for me sometimes to get creative energy up to draw again. Um, so the idea that like you could resent your your craft because you're making a living off of it is a very real pitfall that i think a lot of people don't necessarily expect is going to come their way yeah and i think they're i think it's i think it's taken a lot of people out of the game uh, Mm. because it's a it's a new dynamic it's 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 all right you want to be business now now you got to follow to or adhere to these rules and a lot of the times the rules are unforgiving depending on, and I do believe it's more of a, a ladder stature because if you're up here and you need extra time, you will get that extra time. If you're down mm-hmm. here and you're trying to get to here, they're going to be like this. Ah, you're taking too long. And the next person's probably going to take your slot or whatever. And to deal with that on the way up is not it's not a great experience to have. Also as well, drum and bass, like there's not, you know, I know it's it's kind of, you know these um you know star star glazed glasses and stuff of what it, it looked like <laughs> you know oh it's you know really right. fun and you get to travel the world and you know yes you do do that but there's no, in comparison to other genres like we're the genres. there's no money and like <laughs> you know to yeah. to you know create and hold like a you know a decent living off of it you've either got to have been a legend that's been going for like 20 nearly 30 years that's getting gigs every weekend or you've got to be constantly at it like you got to be 24 about it yep you got to be one of those you got to be on one of those labels like monster cat or something that has like just oh god i saw a body no 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 that's not hate i'm saying like monster monster cat's like a huge shout out monster cat thanks for everything you've done for me sirs anyway <laughs> what I'm saying is like you've got to be sometimes like on a big label yeah. like Monster Cat or Liquidity or something that has massive reach in order to have any yeah. kind of like commercial success at drum and bass. I mean, even, um, yeah. even I think, like the I think, I think in any any 
non-pop music. I think the grind within itself is is something a lot of people don't understand will take out of you. And I've had people ask me, even when I was, you know, gigging regularly, wait, man, how do you stay energetic and happy? It's like, I, you have to love it. Yeah. Yes. Point blank, period. Before we even get into the business or the grind, if you don't love it, right. either one of those things will destroy you immediately. You know what I mean? Like, you can... You can look at the the rose colored glasses and say we're on stage every day, but if you don't love doing that, that gets yeah. tiring after a while. You know what I mean? You, the airports, the yachty, all of it. It's just like, how do I stay bliss? There's a there's a part of me that, um, while I was in the most extreme part of my days of touring, I would do anything to not listen to drum and bass when I'm not performing just so that everything felt fresh the second I would hit stage again. You know, what I mean? we would do both of just, you know, you study the music and obviously you, you keep up to date with everything, but there's also a point where you need to separate and keep your, it's the same thing as if like, uh, if you're doing art, you should go find a different job at the same time so that you don't, you know, feel like you have to do that. Get over consumed, right. That, yeah, that's something that I've <clears throat> I've done for quite a few years. Um, and that's not kind of, I mean, don't get me wrong, when I'm making drum and bass or I'm mixing or I'm doing radio, for example, you know, I absolutely love it. I love mixing, but, you know, just day to day, I don't listen to any drum and bass. And if anything, I listen to other stuff completely far from it. I really love, um, like, UK neo soul, um, mm. you know, lo fi hip hop, jazz. That's that's me all day long. Like I could, yeah, it's in my ears all from the moment I wake up to when I go home. Like, and I think it's important to. I mean, I, I get it. Like it's it's where you become a diehard lover of drum and bass. But it's you know not only from the aspect of picking up different ideas from different genres but there's so much decent music out there like I was a hardcore just going to listen to drum and bass for so many years and the first time that I went to like a live music you know a jazz live music evening even a live rock my life, blew my mind you know yeah. and then I was like brah okay like this is what there is, you know? And the best part, too, is drum and bass allows you to bring those things in. There's so many different styles of music that go yeah. into drum and bass. It's just it's doing nothing. But I, Also, to add to that, too, Sorry, Ronnie, is the fact that a lot of artists are not necessarily full-on drum and bass kind of artists. There's a lot of rappers. There's a lot of singers. What? You know, Caliber does ambient music. If you don't, you know, you know everybody's out there from the outside looking in jazz professionalists, extreme jazz uh, vocalist legends, of course, shouts to Cleveland. And, yeah, and everybody, it's it's that, that kind of creates, but all these guys, as I mentioned, is pretty much, <clears throat> they have these outside avenues and that yeah. just makes it a wholer situation than just jungle, drum and bass, though, but we are pretty much part of the culture at the same time. So, you know, you it's have, one of those things. Do you have any musical background besides just being a lover of music and being a DJ and producer and stuff like that. Like, did you play an instrument when you were growing up at all or? The triangle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, there we go. So, being that you are. I murdered that thing too. Like, <laughs> I, used to, um, I used to wake my mum up in the morning, do it, do her head in, especially on a Saturday early with the getting the pans. I used to pretend I was playing the drums. Like, yeah, I did. I, we, I would, looking back now, I would have loved to have learned how to play the guitar and mm. the piano. But the truth is, we were just skin. Like, uh, you know, we were just 
poor growing up. So no, we just I, I feel that. I was like, had to use the pots and pans, you know, like it was, yeah. Yeah, I'm I feel that. Music, so you, know, you don't, you didn't grow up playing an instrument and like the, the musicality, hush, hush. The musicality itself is not like one of the, like, it's not like a lot of these guys who are out here are like piano prodigies and stuff like that. So how do you approach production then when playing an instrument, that kind of thing is not you like you're part of your primary musical nature. So how do you approach making a tune? How do you approach any melodic or musical elements? Uh, yeah, that? probably, I think, like, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's definitely more, you know, vibes. There's, you know, there's a bit of music theory that you have to learn when right. you're doing production. And to be honest, that clicking for me, oh, God, we need to miss a year, don't we? Last, last year. That clicking for me last year actually helped progress my music hence mm. now we've got the ep coming so there um, there are some you know whereas you don't need to maybe be as technical mute there is a slight bit of music there's theory a knack oh, it's something i know what you're saying it's like it's just something inside of you just oh okay like yeah oh that oh that you have yeah. to put them together and right. the you know something as simple but obviously to somebody that didn't know before something as simple as just having things in key you know it was just from that is yeah definitely um and and just, the... just sounds as well like if it, you know if it's you know you know the kind of slight scales youtube and google are amazing for things like that you know like <laughs> you know lots of just watching and yeah watching like lots of different youtube videos and stuff but yeah mainly just like so again just mainly just fight, like if it sounds good like i really like just using my ears with it like if it sounds good i know roughly sort of placement into you know how i can sort of bring this sound through whilst blending another sound um but yeah just if it you know usually just vibes and if it sounds good kind of go with it that's what, yeah that's what was the first software you ever used when you started producing I'm still using it. Logic nine. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, you start with logic. See, a lot of people, man, a lot of people jumped into it. the fire. Like, <laughs> like logic's not a fun like, program. Like, that. do you know what? Like, I'm all for just like I. I tried. So my friend's Faz, bless him. He tried. We tried to make a tune together on Ableton. He's obviously a whiz, so he's like, I was a complete maze for me. I was like, yeah, fine. They're all kind of the same. Like, let me just oh, sit down and have oh. a look. Honestly, I not could able. not get my head around it. Um, but I've got my my computer, my little laptop. I've got a tiny little crappy laptop. Bless, it's like been revived from the dead about five times. It's a virgin on like 14 years old now little microsoft like the keyboard's coming off the but it doesn't have a battery it's proper on its last legs bless it but it gets me through and, and some um, of the best music yeah. is ever made on it hey. yeah. <laughs> it's not what you got it, it's what you do with it you know it's exactly you know what i was I, I told the guys actually i think it was a couple of weeks ago i read uh illogic actually mixed down his whole album on apple apple headphones yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it was like it's like it feels to me like sometimes like it's such a swindle, you know, like having uh gear, software, blah blah blah. And I I just remember like the the transition that everyone made from um this would have been before you started what well, way before you started producing, but when people switched over to things like reason, 
and logic and Cubase, and they had been using trackers and analog. And like, it seemed like nobody could really produce because you had to buy all this gear. And like you were saying, like uh, YouTube and stuff like that, like they didn't have that stuff back then. It was yeah. and producing seemed so out of reach for so many people. And mm -hmm. it's like uh, the democratization of, of it like right now. So like right now you're talking about your, your old laptop. I still use an old laptop, a stage mic that's like, you know, kind of <laughs> on its last legs. You, you know, I got a pop I'm about screen, to face I got a pop screen with a nylon stocking on it with like a hole in it and everything. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I I've some been, of the I've best been vocals ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I even bought myself like a big, like a desktop iMac, like the big one, um, mm. to buy uh, Logic X, Logic 10 to like just upgrade basically, but because I was like, I'll just wait till my, you know, it's a tiny little 14, 15 inch screen, you know, <laughs> like, I was like, I'll just wait till it dies and then I'll, I'll change over and it just hasn't. It's so resilient. Like, I feel, <laughs> like, I can't I feel beer in it, like, beer, yeah, I feel beer in it. Like, it's honestly, it's wiped and all the rest of it. It just will not die. This little tough computer. I love it. But no, I do. Yeah, I love I love Logic 9. It's what I know. I know my way around it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that love means it. everything. It works. it works for me. I've got that my little my little headphones. Like I do sometimes, obviously work with Sick Knight quite a lot. He's got a cool little setup studio right. um, at his place. <clears throat> Mixed down a few tracks there and stuff. Um, but also like just getting help with mix downs, you know, I think it's, there's no shame in getting help when it comes to those, nope. you know, that kind of technical bit. I feel like there's a bit of a, you know, but not like a shame over it. Cause there's people that openly talk about, you know, Randall, for example, he was like, I didn't mix my, you know, I gave it to Charlie Brake, you know, Goldie has an engineer and stuff, but I just, right. yeah, I feel like sometimes, um, you know, maybe opinions and attitudes towards, you know, new producers, maybe towards women as well. If you're not mixing down your stuff, blah, 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 you know, it's yeah, definitely still, you know, maybe a talking point, but I don't know. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's okay for some people, but not for others. But I think it's a weird yeah. conversation too, because like as many producers I'm around, there's a very small fraction of them that mix down their own music. So I don't yeah. even know where that even comes from. It's yeah. not an easy thing to do, number no. one, man. I made it. Now you make it sound good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much is what happens. And, and, and you know, credit to all the engineers and the master cats. Yeah, who do absolutely. make these guys sound, you know, they 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 barely get mentioned nowadays. Yeah. We don't do so much credit writing, but yeah, the engineer of over at Focus, man, he works overtime because yeah. that dude is like they release so much stuff. He must got like two houses by now. That dude, yo. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's let's talk about the creation. You do have an EP coming March twenty sixth, correct? Yeah. Yes, correct. Um, <laughs> that's been a long time coming, yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, I so, sometimes I wish I, you know, I'd started producing earlier, but I've also, again, I'm a big believer of everything when it's meant to. It. When I've mentally been there for it and things like that, I just think everything at the right time and had to do other stuff first, you know. But yeah, super excited to finally get it out, like, and yeah, okay. like, what an amazing label, obviously, followed Spearhead since I started so yeah that means a lot as well and just going back to what we said earlier Steve's just a really really cool guy so yeah excited awesome. how, so, how, many, how many tunes make this EP this is a, 
So there's four tracks. Um, got a track featuring Shady Novell, um, Undercover, Ooh. that's the title track, uh, which is quite funny. It's, it's funny how things kind of go back around. Me and Shady probably go back about eight or nine years. Um, when I moved to Brixton, sort of knew her through mutual friends, sort of early noise crew, um, met Talim, Conscience, early Flex Out gang down there. And um, yeah, and she, yeah, Brixton's sort of met, met Shady. And then she, <laughs> and then she um, yeah, obviously kind of just like, you know, parted ways as you do, life goes on. And then we met again at the airport for Sun and Base 2019. I mean, I'm always going to say last year, but we right. forget that one. Um, for the last Sun and Base. And it was like, oh, I haven't seen you for ages, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I sort of met her there again and then yeah just got the track finished and the guy said you know why don't you think about getting a vocalist for it um, and it was important for me because it's my first EP obviously there's lots of people I could have asked I've got friends on the internet but it was important for me to be somebody that I knew um, just you know it's just special it's just this, you know it's the first one I wanted it to be special so yeah, for I basically chatting to my friend David, and he was like, "Why didn't you hit up Shady?" Um, she was amazing. Sent it over to her. She was first. She was like, "Amazing." She's like, "I love this female energy." And within twenty minutes, sent me a little WhatsApp voice note, like, "Yes, feeling these vibes," and it came together really, really quick. So she's amazing. Like her energy's wicked. We're going to be working on got some more tracks coming with her soon as well so we're working on bits and her voice is just like butter like honestly warm knife and butter so smooth she's got that you know that proper yeah just gorgeous 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 voice she could send her a whatsapp message the other day and I was like babe you could sing about bin bags and taking the rubbish sounds amazing so yeah so so we've got that track um, and then we've got the jump off with my lovely Chickaboo. Um, really happy to work with her. I've just absolutely love that woman since, you know, obviously EQ50 and stuff. And we, yeah, we've done a lot of live shows together and it was one of them things we said, I'll get on a track together one day. Um, sent a few ideas back and forth, but nothing kind of properly, you know, through and I'm, but you know again just going back to vibes if it's not working leave it, it. Right. keep yeah keep you know maybe come back to it later but just if it's not working no leave it and you know when it's when it's right and then yeah sent her the jump off just got that one little hook um and it just yeah just really set the track off and yeah it's amazing and i love all of the again like her energy yeah. on stage and things like that i love doing the spearhead streams with her she has no pre-written bars. It's all she just goes with the feeling of it. It's all improvised. Like I love it. Absolutely love her. Um, and then we've got Digital Pond and Kirby's Dreamland, which yeah, really Kirby's Dreamland got some support from Doc Scott, which yep. was huge. Really, really love that. The dark. I was. Word. That was a moment for me. I was like, if he likes it, then you know it's real. That's you know what I mean. Bless him. Like he even yeah. he went out of his way to tweet me as well and just said, "Oh, yep. I played it." With the I'd saw it because I was like, "Did he play my shoe?" Um, but he was yeah, he was like, oh, "I played played it on on my show the other day." I was like, "Oh, we could thank you." So yeah, that was really really nice. And again, like you know, like I said before, just having tracks, you know, Digital Pond and Kirby's Dreamlander at least two or three years old. Mm -hmm. They were 
you know they were tracks that I knew were good enough for the eventual EP I just didn't know when the EP was coming so I just kept them aside Mm -hmm. uh, worked on them made them better as as time went on and stuff but knew that they yeah knew that they were going to be for the EP so Yeah, it's exciting. I'm really, yeah, really excited about it. I'm excited to hear this. March what? Twenty what? Okay. Say no more. So you talked about working with Chickaboo quite a bit and EQ50 and stuff like that. I want to talk a little bit about that. You're you're kind of looked at as um, one of the women that's that's come out that sort of kind of kicked off a little bit of a renaissance of women in drum and bass. I don't want to say renaissance because, you know, a small minority of women is not exactly a renaissance. But uh, how do you kind of see the role of women changing in drone bass these last few years and kind of going forward? What kinds of things that are happening that you you think are positive and what mm-hmm. kinds of things that are that are happening that you think are not really the most productive? Yeah, I think um, I think obviously I think women, you know, women's empowerment across all creative areas, obviously the Me Too movement happened. It's not just drum and bass, the things like this, um, you know, just diversity and inclusion in general was being spoken about. Um, So I think EQ50 came around at at the right time, really. Um, And we just kind of set out in just be, to be just an event where, you know, women can get together, just feel not embarrassed to ask questions. We were just hosted workshops, basically. So, you know, running, how to run an event. We had uh, producer surgeries, Q&As. Um, uh, who was it? Yeah, we had Untouchables come down and did and did a little something for us. Um, you know, DJ workshops and stuff. And more than anything, it was just like, just to create a little network, really. I don't think any of us you know, two years ago thought it would be, you know, what it's become kind of thing. Um, I feel like there was a big, the, the nice thing about EQ50 actually is, you know, we have had a lot of shit right at the beginning, excuse my French, sorry, a lot of, you oh, know, you a lot swear of, all you fucking want. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, trying to be polite. Um, yeah, we got, we got a lot of crap, right? Well, I mean, you know, the, when Indy obviously, uh, Mantra, sorry, first posted the numbers that kind of sparked the conversation off I know she got quite a lot of backlash and it was mainly just sort of bruised male egos but when we you know when we got going it's nice that we have a family um I feel like one person doing it possibly you know with I don't know with the stick that we get sometimes like what I don't think one person could deal with it but we're a collective so we all deal with it equally together and it's sort of it lessens the burden on one person, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, Have you been getting any of that stick from people who are sort of high up in the scene or is it just from like a lot of the punters? Um, you know, I, I look after the Instagram, so we get the odd sort of just dickhead, basically. Anyone you want to name in particular? No, 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 no. Name and shame, the- baby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah I mean like we've had we've had like some nice support from people I know you know certain people you know men in the scene had their opinions about us and talked about us and stuff I know that but you know at the end of the day we're doing something that's 
really something really cool and is really important and yep. we're bringing through some wicked women that have just been sitting underneath do you know what i mean just been sitting right. there sort yeah. of doing nothing we've got we've got two um so two of our mentees have got tracks coming out very soon um i feel like the mentorship the mentorship was something we were talking about for ages but just the timing wasn't right it, uh, just you know i wanted body. to ask about that behind the scenes but yeah I'm listening. yeah no i would actually love for you to get into that because uh as someone my mother here in atlanta runs 100 black women and they have a mentorship and the amount of progress that comes through that is mind-blowing so yeah. i would love for you guys to if you, if you would like to talk about that yeah definitely i mean we so we had spoken about the mentorship it's probably in, in the pipes for at least a year a year and a half before we actually launched it ah. um but it was just timing wasn't right we all work we got families you know it just it just didn't happen at the right time and this is the beautiful thing about eq50 and i think it's something that's been great for our success is that we've done it all organically like we haven't rushed anything My, most part being there's always somebody that's going to find a fault on the internet so we need to make sure we get everything right that it's done properly also it's the first kind of thing in drum and bass that's been done like this so we need to you know we need to we need to do it properly but it's yeah it's all kind of just happened everything at the right time um I feel like the mentorship was definitely a switch when we had, you know, again, just this attitude of people just thinking, oh, right. just women moaning, right. blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. But when actually we had, you know, friction saying, yeah, this is really important. Brian G, Brian G, yep. oh my God, yep. I love that guy. He, he wrote one of the nicest, we asked everybody for a quote, basically, just saying sort of, you know, what you think about it. And he wrote the most loveliest, like, quote. I do remember his quote being really nice about that, yeah. Yeah, he's been so, and they, like, you know, just the whole, just how everyone involved has been really <clears throat> on it and pushed it. And then, obviously, yeah. again, we know just from anything, stuff has to come from the top down. So, you know, these top labels are saying, this is important we're working with this crew, this collective, like, you know, they know what they're talking about, kind of then everyone kind of was like, oh, well, okay, actually, maybe this is a good thing. And I feel like attitude changed towards us. So, yeah, and just off the back of that, it's been lovely to see like, you know, just more little collectives, little pockets, even if it's something like a mix series or just somebody pledging to do better at their event or, you know, uh, I'll always big up Full Spectrum Bristol, Bristol over here in, in yeah. the UK. They, yeah, they, and Lakota is a venue. They have 50-50 lineups and that's the way they roll. That's, you know, it's, they do that in Berlin. It's, you know, they can't put on a festival without, 50 50 lineups and i think yeah. it's something that could be transferred elsewhere um but yeah the mentorship yeah we we didn't realize it was going to be quite as big as it was we thought we'd get maybe like a handful of decent bits um but we you know we the amount of people that entered firstly was mind-blowing and the quality of talent i think we all sort of maybe underestimated slightly um, <laughs> wow. but we were just yeah we were just absolutely blown away by the just the sheer amount of talent that is just sitting there you know and yeah. it's vocalists looking back and now, producers like, as well yeah, yeah yeah just yeah full like full track 
you know some some women have got eps and things like that so yeah. it's yeah it's really nice to see that there is obviously a need for this you know and um yeah two of our two of our mentees have got tracks coming out which is really cool one of them it was the demo that they submitted to us mm. um to, to join the mentorship so yeah and it's not you know again a Sometimes again, this is something that's been maybe a little barrier. People think it's oh well, you're just gonna, you know, just put a woman. You know, these women aren't gonna be all of a sudden headlining Boomtown by the, you know, by the end of this. We're not giving them, you know, here you go, here's a leg up to stardom. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it doesn't work like that, it's it's about you know making them all round good producers and using this year to better them. A lot of them are young; they're at the beginning yeah. of their careers. You know. It's going to carry on after EQ50. Very so let's give them, the right, for them. Yeah. yeah, let's give them the right tools so then when they finish the year, they can then flower, you know? So, so, it's so like, how many how many women were involved in the first, I guess, class, you could say, the first class of, of mentees? We, so six. We we have five labels. Ram took two. Big up Ram. Um, okay. Yeah, Ram took two artists. They have the space and the capacity to do that. So I think that was a really lovely thing that they did. Absolutely. Also, their two mentees were really good and they couldn't pick as well. That was They were like, we can't pick between the two. So we'll just take both of them. And I think, you know, nice. for a firm, men, you know, mentorship, you know, the, the talent was so good. We had to pick two. What a great kind of, you know, what a great way to start. Um, so yeah. how's, and how's COVID impacting the second class? I got, I um, like it's, like it's yeah, a... yeah, no, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's everything's done via Zoom. So we have regular Zoom um, oh, okay. like updates, a lot of things like the masterclasses are done over Zoom and stuff. Oh, okay. um, production masterclasses. Obviously, there's things like, you know, we, if COVID wasn't here, we would have had the opportunity to play in clubs, you know, if it was maybe before an event or, excuse me, or kind of like, you know, have them privately. So, you know, fabric and corsica studios you know the, the the women would have been able to to play in there um just for practice on a sound system we know that moving from being a bedroom dj to playing a gig that you know getting the monitor ear is is yeah. different isn't it so yeah and just even like i can't wait to the day that we can all just you know meet up as well like we obviously right. see them on zoom but we haven't all linked together so yeah, a little bit annoying in that respect, but at the same time, we're still in the in a way it's sort of a little bit easier because of obviously Zoom and yeah, everything can be done sort of from home. Luckily, um, right. but yeah, it's beautiful. I, I, I love it. Uh, it's because it's very hard. It's it's great to see the validation for one. It's very hard. We've spoken about other people, and I don't even want to direct towards them, but we understand that every movement if not handled properly has the fear of, of showing some kind of tokenism or things like that so to show that you're continuously building a foundation and building them up from the ground up so that they can support their own is 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 a massive take on and i bet extremely validating and it feels good that it's yeah. working out yeah, I, absolutely. I absolutely love being a mentee like i really i love it had a little chat with with uh, my critical mentee today just checking in making sure she's okay just you know, having a chat and 
I think the most part and the reason why I love EQ50 so much is that I really could have done with something like this when I was coming through. Right. Just someone for a bit of advice, somebody to tell me actually, you know, I did too many free gigs just because I was happy to play and happy for the opportunity, you know, which is again a common thing that happened. Um, I almost want to say air mean. horns in the chatty for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, so yeah, I would have loved like a bit of a big sister, like, you know, Mantra and, you know, ended up being a bit of a mentor for me um, as I got a bit more of a business head, you know, obviously when more gigs were coming through and, mm -hmm. you know, no one likes talking about money and stuff, but you, that's again, another side to, as we're seeing at the moment, to, to, to drama base that they don't talk about. And that's the sort of the business side of it. it it is all very lovely Ooh. and you're playing tunes you love and you're mixing and you're emceeing <clears> and you love it but actually you've got to have a bit of a business head on your shoulders when it comes to sort of doing it full time that's a whole nother conversation too oh my god we'll yeah. let's, talk, let's, let's, let's have that conversation <laughs> a little bit actually because <laughs> you know, um, guys. <laughs> oh, you're uncomfortable. No, we're Let's talk about it now. Open the wound a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you guys have a little Let's see what happens. But look, this is not this is not uh, a gotcha kind of question. You posted uh, this in your stories, and you you did call out Chase and Stay this, um, yeah. because Jenna G's song with them has been removed from streaming yeah. services. And am I right in saying that there's an issue when it comes to her royalties? Yeah, so I think she basically woke up and half of her back catalogue is has disappeared from Spotify um, mm. and offline. Wow. It's not just it's not just Chase and Status at fault. Right. Um, also, again, and it, it kind of you know goes down to just how undervalued MCs and vocalists are in drum and bass. So I heard air horns once again. We need air horns. <laughs> Sorry guys. Yes. Um, you know, you know, even down to things like placement on flyers and stuff like that. But in this instance, like her vocals were being sent around for remixes without her consent and stuff like that. So it's it's just courtesy, isn't it, really? Um, so that, br that yeah. brings that does bring up though, like when e what what do you see as EQ 50s and maybe your role going forward in educating women and what they can what they can do to protect themselves from this kind of thing. Because obviously, yeah. look, I, obviously artists in general are always taken advantage of, especially yeah. the ones who are not spearheading the project. Women, especially black women, obviously we've seen a lot of, of black artists kind of disappear from drum and bass in a lot of ways for a myriad of reasons. Um, and Jenna, as as high as 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 the as as high esteem as people hold her in, it seems here, like right at the this top. is far from the first time she has run into these issues with her music. Um, so, what can we do uh, when it comes to um, women as artists, especially vocalists and stuff like that, uh, to yeah. protect their work? to make sure that they are getting the money that is owed to them, to make sure that their work doesn't disappear either. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think it's hugely, I mean, Jenna's like the voice of a generation in drama. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't believe, like, it, you know, and you know what I did, I was scrolling through Twitter, they had posted and I thought, fuck it, I'm just gonna post that. I don't, a lot of people, I don't know why, like the silence in drum and bass by big artists really baffles me, I don't know, 
you know, silence speaks more than if you call out people for being dick, like, yeah. wrongdoing. Do you know what I mean? I never understand why certain think, people get keep their mouth shut. I know they don't want to, you know, get involved right. or they think it's going to affect their reputation or stuff. But like, what if something send, send them DM on the low. Hey, listen, we got to talk. Not even, I think oh. because of the simple fact, because one drama base at the end of the day is such a young genre and there's a very polarizing uh situation between those at the top and those at the bottom like it's night and yeah night. but all the old ones are like you know the the older what you know it is a young you know fairly young genre but you know all the older ones who have been here since the beginning they've got the biggest platforms and have the biggest voices and a Everything. lot of them don't say anything um but yeah, I mean, we, you know, EQ50's messages are always open. I'm constantly, and my personal pages, always mm. giving people advice. We've got a group as well, a private Facebook group um, where, you know, people can just ask questions and things like that. Also, I think the unfortunate thing with Jenna is probably, you know, contracts and legal stuff is a little bit more... Boom, boom, on point, a little bit right. more on point these days. What you sign whereas, is what you get kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah. whereas before it probably, a few things would have gone swept under the rug and things like that. I think it's unfortunate that something like this has happened to somebody so lovely. She's amazing. She's such a cool person. But at the same time, we, we need things like this as bad say. as it is to make sure it doesn't happen again. And if it can happen to her, it can happen to anyone. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have had exactly the same problem. You know, I'm going through the same issue at the moment, getting paid for for stuff. You know, the, the label, I've tra- spoke to the label, it's all good, you know, it's getting sorted. But, you know, if I didn't approach them, would they have approached me? That's, you know, that's nope. my- Nobody says, hey, you know? we, we backtracked ourselves and this is what we came <laughs> up with. We owe you a whole bunch of money. Do you see, a, do you see a, a, a role for, well, not, not just CQ50, but any kind of organizationally for um, potentially representing women artists? I mean, I obviously- like a union? Union, agency, I don't know. I'm not really sure exactly what to call it, but I mean, clearly uh, artists in general are not taught, especially at higher levels. Look, for me, I mean, I'm a North American artist and in in that sense, I'm very much on on a smaller level. So I'm on the outside looking in for a lot of this stuff, but it seems like a lot of artists just simply are not given the information that they need to know about the legal ins and outs of their own work. So... I feel like there's a huge, there's still obviously a very large education gap for artists definitely. in general, and especially yeah, the artists that are most vulnerable to this kind of thing, like women, black women, et cetera. Um, and people are still obviously trying to take advantage. So, I mean, is, is there kind of, I mean, as an artist in the UK and yeah. you are kind of on the ascendancy right now, what do you think needs to happen to help stem this sort of thing from happening in the future yeah i think it's um you know i think anybody with a platform be it a label or an artist you have a voice you have a platform you have a following we should be using that for good you know and again i'll just go back to silence speaks bigger volumes than if you just say something say how you feel you know like 
Um, as for EQ50, you know, we are always here to support and one of our, so within our mentorship, um, our masterclass with ESP runs, yeah, kind of covers all of that mm. stuff. That you know, contracts, the legal bits and bobs and all the kind of small print and things like that. Um, but I think, yeah, just it, more than anything, it's just important to get a second opinion, you know, and just for people to, you know, just kind of not even offer their set, but just offer their time, like, and say, if anyone needs me to, re you know, read over a contract you're not sure about, like, let me know. I think there's some really cool women working behind it. I think it's important for labels to have women and, sure. you know, black people in their, you know, in their roster, in their team, you know, you can't, so that's the thing with EQ50. We're here, we're a crew chatting about diversity. If we were all white girls, if like you can't, right. how are we going to be talking to you about diversity when we're not diverse, you know? Right. So, <laughs> right. um, so that's it's important. And also, it's important to hear the voices of our black women in our group to, you know, to, to hear their point of view and listen to them as well. That's the whole point. To of add it. the balance. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Um, you know, Sorry, go on, but no, 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 no. I was just going to add to that, but yeah, you were just pretty much along the same lines. I was just thinking more of the uh, when 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 Valiant brought it up, what was weighing in my head was the idea of free enterprise versus some sort of collaborative behind of scene of unification for people to have a space to hold mm -hmm. uh, said private free enterprises uh, to a to a certain standard and. Um, I don't know, you know, it, for me, it's it's just a matter of a circle of strong, like an EQ50 of sorts to have like this, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Let me go ahead and have this conversation with somebody from outside that can kind of help a little bit because at the end of the day, you're still going to make your own decisions and also keep in yeah. mind, most artists that come into the music game, no matter what age you are coming in, you are so happy to put a record out that Facts. you're not even thinking about. You're not reading that contract. You're just yeah. like, oh, my name's there. Sign. <laughs> yep, that's it. There's two combinations. There. Yeah. There's a lot of people that come in that are just happy to be. There's a lot of people who come in and think they know everything. A yeah. lot of it, I feel like this type of revolution, not just through EQ50, but even uh, across all genres there's been more of an understanding that things need to change we're still in the game of, of reading contracts people fighting for masters i think we're really just starting to understand this education needs to be given more we yeah. need more eq50 spread out through many different types of personalities we, a lot of everyone's education right now is coming from a bunch of people who've been burned <laughs> instead of yeah. you know it's and like, that's my it's only problem too like body that's my only problem is is sometimes the the burned person might be reflecting on something that isn't necessarily as big as it is, but they have a big platform. So that little thing turns into something big. I'm, and I'm, I'm just saying that you know even saying? before we even get into that, that no one's right. even learning from everyone else because it's we're we're being reactionary as opposed to right. Well, yeah. stepping up and and saying, hey, before you jump into this game, here are many different tools you're allowed to have. Basically, what mm -hmm. Valiant's asking for hasn't been created across the board. It's not. There is the thing is, there's not like 
you know, if you think about it in the workplace, it, there's an HR department. There isn't an HR department in music, in, in, in music drum industry. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? And that, that is where, that's where cracks are forming, people are slipping and people are pulling fast ones because you don't really have a leg to stand on because there isn't anything legal. I mean, over here, I think it's, oh, what was it? It's a le some legislation's been passed, I think, people, they're wanting to get people to agree with it, but I think it's more from the, you know, obviously all the sexual assault allegations and things like that that are coming up. I think it's more directed in that kind of area. But yeah, I fully agree there needs, you know, there needs to be more education about the ins and outs. And I'm hoping, you know, that's that's something that EQ50 offers you know we offer to our mentees and anybody that sort of needs any advice you know it's yeah it's definitely something that's important and you know as much as we can we'll we'll promote that and, and provide that support where we can as well you're doing yeah it. you're doing it so i heard i heard you on the eq50 uh sun and bass uh podcast um yep. and you were meant you were talking a little bit about the work you do for nhs um, yes. So describe the work that you do and the kinds of things that you've seen this past year uh, with COVID-19. Like, I, yeah. it's, I, th I think hearing from somebody who is like kind of on the ground, I don't know. Well, Henry, talk about what you do first, first of all, for them. Okay. I understand. It's <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my day job is a play therapist. Um, I... We basically support children and families that come in for procedures. Mm. I work at a specialist hospital, so we get some really, <clears> really <throat> sick kids, uh, little, you know, very sick babies, you know, all the way up to 16, obviously. Um, and it's great, you know, it's nice. We, through play and distraction and things like that, you know, these kids have got a lot of needle phobic children, you know, some children, bless them that are sort of at end of life and we you know help make their you know the short time they are here as fun as enjoyable as we can um but yeah we got so we everybody got redeployed last year basically we all got redeployed and yeah went and worked on the covid wards um we sort of my team kind of ran the the ppe area so we'd get everybody in and out of their of their clothes and stuff and yeah, it was, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, I saw people hooked up to monitors and all, and all the rest of it, and all the rest of it. I think questions asked need to be asked and looked at more about why uh, the types of people that are getting it. Cause for me, you know, I'd, there was a kind of range of people, but there was sort of specifically more types of people than others. And I think that's something that needs to be addressed, needs to be looked at and understood a little bit better. Um, I think it, obviously we had the Nightingale bill in the UK, which is essentially, well, it was a big publicity stunt to some, um, but it was basically, it was meant to house 4,000 beds. Um, all it was was a warehouse basically um, with beds in there, uh, but they oh. don't, they didn't, they didn't have hospital facilities. So there was no, yeah. they could only do so much, for example. So mm. whereas the, the news and media portrayed it as, you know, 4,000 people were gonna be in here with COVID, they, they only really had about 
30 or 40 people, you know, um, <laughs> which again just shows how, you know, we, my hospital was able to, to turn wards upside down and turn it into COVID wards in a matter of time. And it just, excuse me, just goes to show how strong and, you know, amazing our, you know, national healthcare system is over here. Um, yeah, maybe not for much longer because it's about to be sold off but uh yeah. yeah but yeah it's you know it's right at the beginning it was just really weird nobody knew what was going on obviously I think similarly to you guys over there both our governments have handled it atrociously to be honest what um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean they tried right no oh lord <laughs> No. Do we try yet? I'm not even sure yet. It's really disgusting. And I think, again, it's it's a really crap situation and it's really bad what, what's going on. But again, mm -hmm. something that's not being spoken about is people's mental health. Like humans uh, are... That's what I want to bring people, up. Humans aren't meant to be isolated from other people. People have lost their businesses. I've, again, like I said earlier, like I really wished I was one of the furloughed lot, but actually looking at it now, I'm glad I've still been able to go out to work because right. I know people, bless some of my, you know, mu musical friends and stuff, like they, how are they surviving without an income at the moment? Like it's- no, And no help from the my, government, huh? Well, that's only gonna go so far. Like even like my theater mm -hmm. friends and stuff. And you had to, I think you had to be like three years claiming to be able to claim. Um, you know, I know friends that have obviously our restaurants and stuff have shut down and cause they're, you know, they've had to move because they can't afford their rent. They've got no <clears> money coming right. in. They've had to move in back in with parents. Yeah. Um, you know, the effect, uh, not to get too morbid on it, but just the effect of what this is having to our young people as well. Like, we're not talking kids. about that. Even down to little things like how babies interact and take everything in through the eyes. If everyone's covered in a I'm not saying masks shouldn't be worn, you know, right. but if people are covered in, you know, covered in a mask, they're not, like, they're de like developmentally is what I'm worried about. Um, For some people, it's too much to be to wear a mask. And um, I guess the problem is, I've always said this, and we can we, we, we you know, I don't want to say super wrong on it, but it's just the way this whole thing was introduced has caused this sort of divide between the people that is hard to bring back at a level of like, all right, let's get serious. Everybody, boom, 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 boom. And I yeah. think that's where everything is. And yes, it's coming from places we're supposed to depend on, like our leaders. Our, you know, your PM, he caught it a couple times and still is like, well, you know, let's keep the colleges open or whatever have you. And, yeah. and yeah. I say that, though, you, you guys have a, a... I thought that things were going good because a friend of mine showed me like a, a, a vaccine app calendar or something. You know what I'm, do you yeah, know what I'm so talking they've about? Started, they, yeah, they've started rolling out vaccines here. Um, the So um, key workers are first in line for it, and then um, obviously everybody else is going to gonna get it after that um so yeah we'll see if that makes a difference i mean you can still catch covid from the vaccine um 
and spread it. So we'll see. And I've my my thinking is our government have messed this up. I'm sure they're going to mess up the vaccine somehow. You know, <laughs> we're already uh, we're going through that right now. Actually, there yeah. Also, right also the other the, the other thing is as well, and I think is why some people aren't taking it seriously is because there's one rule for one, the people, and there's one rule for another. Like our MPs and our upper class people are still going about their days, still driving up the country to go and see family. So, you know, even people as far as Rita Ora paid five grand so she could still have her birthday party to some restaurant people. So they could turn the cameras off so she could celebrate her birthday. So it's like, but then uh, if that happened here, we would have been arrested and fined and stuff, but they're not. So it's, I think you, in a weird way, you know, try and see the good out of everything. I think, I feel like people are finally maybe waking up to the, you know, upper, lower class divide a little bit and wealth, like the wealth divide a little absolutely. bit with this, because this isn't made to help poor people, you know, or right, working no. class. Like, they couldn't care less it's interesting yeah. too. I, I, the reason why we wanted to talk to you about this so much is to one because you you know you were on the ground you actually witnessed these things firsthand it's not a besides yeah. our biggest problem we've had with this from the beginning our biggest enemy was misinformation people not believing it's real people not understanding how serious it was to actually hear someone who actually went through it and then mm -hmm. even when you were speaking about the mass that's not it before we even get into what you believe or don't believe or what's good or what isn't you're right there's a there's a psyche that goes along with that that's changing our society even speaking about what's going back to a normal what the new normal is like those are the things i think about we can argue all day about you know what sciences you believe or don't believe i'm not really i don't need to get into that because science yeah. is math to me if the numbers are what they are you want to argue that that's your business like <laughs> i'm not concerned. <laughs> I'm concerned about how we move forward from these things yeah. um and i've stopped arguing with people i, I live in a i live in a city right now oh, yeah, he's in, all, he's in the battleground state open <laughs> everyone's walking around like everything's cool and i don't not mm. kick, i understand covid fatigue is an extremely serious thing um yeah. how we handle it from here on out the vaccines or whatever I, i've even said to this point whether i trust the vaccine to be completely efficient or not and I do. I own stock in Biontech for, you know, like this needs to work in my opinion. Um, whether I have trust issues with how quickly these things went out, I'm at the point now where I'm ready to take this vaccine because I don't trust the rest of society to sit down and sort it out. Like, it's like, I'm not going to sit around and wait for everyone to do the right thing. So, um, yeah. you're right. It, like, even when you said prime example, and not to call you out track, this is not the purpose of this. Um, what did I do? This, the second she, <laughs> the, even the second that she said mask, it was a triggering feeling to us in the States. It was like, all right, now we're talking oh, about it's masks. A big it's thing, yeah. That's not even what she was saying. She was just saying mm -hmm. the development of a baby, of a small child. You have children, young one, very mm -hmm. young. And you know that when you start to see shapes and colors and things like that, just the coming to this, becoming accustomed to this new normal is completely different. I have two children right now, one twelve. Uh, one's about to be nine in like a couple weeks. Yes, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and the effect this has had just staying home, you know. Um, uh oh. You want to say hello? You know, it's gotten. Ladies and gentlemen, they were great for a while. It was cool. 
but it's been a year now, and we're mm-hmm. actually getting to the point. Where it's like, okay, like how long do I have to to yeah. um, shelter this yeah. from you or protect? I definitely. I mean, it's you know, it is you know, it itself is definitely real. Like I've you know, I've seen it. It the uh, the x-rays of lungs and things like that it itself right. is definitely real but the way that people the government have really badly you know tried to deal with it I think is what's been the worst thing about it um, and yeah I don't know I it's a weird one I try and be opti- like optimistic about you know looking forwards and things like that there needs to be a point where you know you know the the world's going to have to get back on you know back on on the road again at some point you know so yeah. it's, it's you know how and when i think is the main main when one is, when we get there it's just when yeah i feel when like we, I, I feel like we'll be okay we just need to be honest about the situation that's my whole thing it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel I feel information negates panic is the thing I've been saying since last March. It's like you know, there there, even when I speak matter of factly of these things, I'm not depressed about it. I'm not upset. I just think that we just need to be honest with each other and say this is what's going on. And the sooner we all acknowledge that, the faster we. Can well, go. the problem is a lot of people aren't accepting of information. Like <laughs> you know, I mean, as we've seen, especially in the United States, people are not accepting of. Uh, verifiable scientific fact. I mean, it's real out here. It's a you know, sad look, story, look. Bro. You can you can explain why why airplanes make those little trails in the sky, which is a scientific phenomenon, which is observable, but it does not convince people that it is not chemtrails. You know what I mean? So it's like Wait, we're it's dealing we're dealing with a, a large segment of people who don't want to hear the truth, <laughs> and so they interpret the truth completely differently. Um, yeah. and they are sure. obviously those people are being very counterproductive. Let me ask you, you in your work, um, how ha, how is your mental health doing? Um, yeah, it you know, like I said earlier, I feel like it could have been a lot worse. Um, God bless my partner and God bless EQ50 because right. that's really kept me going. Um, right at the beginning obviously last year when we all got redeployed it, like you know it was my birthday I couldn't even celebrate it was just when it had kicked off and things like that and it did I had a massive dip obviously the way it was portrayed we were all gonna die yeah and I was gonna die even quicker because I had to go out to work fuck right. you furlough not you know that was that was it at the beginning but yeah like eq50s kept me really busy and still going out to work and being able to write music has kept me busy had a little bit probably just your standard winter sad kicking in dip as it gets you know darker and and things like that but yeah i mean i'm definitely you know i take daily vitamins i cycle to work which is like 20 miles a day so i do really try and take care of myself active business yeah yeah and you know ex you know i know people say it you know constantly but exercise and endorphins are the biggest like vibe booster that you could you know that you could get like the couple vitamins like i and b12 for one vitamin d man everyone needs some of that at the moment absolutely i'm on it now yep 
yeah just a cut you know just a couple of little you know things you can do um starting as small as just taking some supplements and exercising for a little while like I got into I used to try and run I'm you know I'm not really built for <laughs> built for running you know I'm more good at javelin and power activities <laughs> if I'm honest <laughs> but um yeah I used to run I used to do a lot of running you know run try and run home from work and stuff like that and um just sort of felt in a bit of a oh you know I don't know what to do and I decided to get a bike and I I really enjoy cycling like I find it really fun nice. you can be knowing what London's like you can just go half an hour one way and you're on another side of of, of the city and you know it's yeah I really really enjoy it but <clears throat> yeah my I, I, I don't know I guess I'm probably a positive person in general I always try and see the good in things quite enthusiastic about life to mm -hmm. be honest um so yeah I think mental health wise has been okay but I think there's been yeah definitely like my part me and my partners definitely helped and EQ50 massively as well you, and just having 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 the support of the sisters there as well like we've all had our little dips but we're all there for each other we're in a we talk every day and nice. yeah I can couldn't kind of imagine we're sisters you know it's more than just what a great bunch of women like yeah absolutely amazing do you see any of your colleagues not and i don't mean music colleagues i mean colleagues at, at work um or people that are around you at work do you see people dealing with kind of anything like ptsd type stuff do you see them having a hard time coping with the constant sort of eternal crisis situation that you're all dealing yeah. with yeah i mean i think i think the nurses obviously that are in there in the itu um in the itu wards are feeling it there was you know when we were over there um doing our bit there was a point where you know you could just see like the night night shift crew came and you could just see that they were fed up basically uh. um but you know that's you know got a, I, I found i always respected nurses but i found newfound respect for them yeah. last year like, when i saw sort of what what, what they did yeah. kind of thing right. um but again, just, yeah just having a strong support network at work we all go through our dips i've got a great team like immediate team that i work with um and they yeah we all have our down days but we're all sort of there to sort of being a team's about and they're just being there to pick each other up and boost each other when you're all just picking up the pieces if you're having a bit of a shit day and stuff so yeah it's important to have a really good support network at work i think um well, from all yeah. of us, thank you very much for yes absolutely you know uh you're one of those names that's probably going to be etched in in the streets for being <laughs> part of something to help us get past so you know i would say get ready for that as well and you know again you know i think these critical times will be even more like realized after the fact because we got a lot, we got a lot of looking back to do after we get sure. past these kind of grounds. Sharp and steel, right? Straight up. Hey, how was your time in New York? I know you came to New York a while back. How did you enjoy yourself out here? I did. Nobody I absolutely loved it. Yeah, got a shout out the Heart <laughs> Heartbeats crew. Um, yeah, had right. a really, really good time. It was my first time in America. Right. right. So yeah, did did the full oh. tour. Oh, they, yeah. oh, you did. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Say no more. Great. <laughs> 
did the full touristy thing. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Brilliant five days. And yeah, big up Rafi, big up the Heartbeats crew. Yeah, yeah, can't wait Great. to come back. Hopefully you get to come back soon. We get all this in order. Yeah, sometime this, this decade. Yeah, when will it end? <laughs> soon. Yeah, for real. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. It was really cool talking to you. And it was nice hearing thank some perspective so that we don't get to hear too often on the show. We need to get more of you, more of you on here, uh, especially from the EQ50 camp. That would be great. Yes. So, so thank you anyway. for coming with our bullshit as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and send everyone our best. Uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate yeah, it. Big love to everybody. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Amani. Track. There goes your uh, theme music right there. <laughs>